Welcome to the podcast entitled Last Ones at the Bar. We're here to talk about all of the important affairs in the sport of boxing. My name is Wilton Henry, and I'm joined by Daniel Lee and Lavelle Jackson. Actually, um, this week marks our year anniversary from when we started our podcast. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of something special for you today. We are um, actually going to update our top 10 powerful pound list. And so that's mainly uh, what our show is going to be about today. Uh, before we get started, I just, I got a couple questions for you fellas, cause we'll, we'll go ahead and chop up that good game as far as our powerful pound list in a second. But I know yesterday you had a couple fight cards. Um, I didn't personally catch the, the zone fight card. If anybody, you know, want to share out what it is that they saw um, on that fight card, if you actually seen it. Um, Cause I wasn't familiar with that. I had to go out to, I got a trip coming up. And so I went out to uh, Leesburg. So that fight came on kind of early. So I missed that whole card. But when I got back, you did have that PBC fight car yesterday. The ones that I saw, I saw the, the Michael Coffey um, get upset. And then I also saw the um, Andre DeRio return match. Uh, what did you guys think about the card? Is there anything that, you know, any highlights from the card that you uh, want to share out? Yeah, uh, shout out to Johnny Rice who upset it. Uh, Michael Coffey, you know, inspirational guy. He came into this fight late notice, probably days notice, um, and, he, and he seized the moment. Um, it, it was it was a good win for him. Of course, he was looked at as pretty more or less a, a journeyman, but he seized the moment. Um, but this the fight card was good, uh, especially the first one. Um, it was. You know, a nice story. I, a lot of times I watch fight cards for story. So it was interesting that the guy to update, uh, I believe it was the guy that upset it, was, I believe his name was uh, Melanicki. He upset him, uh, I believe, a few months ago, and he ended up fighting uh, Joey Spencer. You know, it, it was interesting how they, they were switching the opponents out like that. And, of course, Joey Spencer, he got a decision. Uh, um I didn't like the, I didn't necessarily like the way Joey fought. I, th I thought he could have did better, especially considering he's fighting a guy with, you know, no knockouts. And then uh, Melanicki, he, you know, stepped his game up uh, from coming off that loss um, against, uh, I believe, James Martin. That's his name. Uh, James Martin upset at him in his last fight. And Melanicki seems to come out with, you know, something to prove and stop the guy in the, in the first round. Um, I did not see the Andre Durrell fight, but uh, shots out to him. You know, he's a Michigan native. I'm always uh, pulling for him, you know, regardless of uh, my personal, you know, what I feel about his career, you know, I'm always going to support him. No, we can't let you off the hook with that. Vail, what do you think about his career? Uh, I thought he could have did a lot better. And, and, of course, he has some, you know, a lot of rough spots in his career, like the, you know, the Abraham fights and, uh, and the Frock fights. and it, it was just weird fights all around. But uh, I think he's one of those guys who was very, very, very talented. He was um, – I remember uh, coming into the pros, he was just – he looked at just as good as, uh, you know, Andre Ward was. You know, and we know how his career turned out. He, it, he still looked at that – I see him as that cake that never rose, you know. And – but what I will say – I like how his brother stepped up and was like, okay, Dre may not, you know, be this, but I'm going to go my own way. It's almost like they're like the Klitschko brothers where 
what Andre lacks, I think Anthony does well and vice versa. But I do think Andre Durrell was supremely talented and he left too much to be desired. But at this point, I think it's too late for him. Yeah, I checked him out yesterday. Uh, I did happen to see that fight against uh, Broker, I believe it is, or Brooker. And I mean, uh, to be honest with you, he looked sharp. He looked real sharp yesterday. I was uh, pleasantly surprised at what I saw, you know, being back in action after 19 months. But I don't. I look at his career totally different. I just feel bad for him because he, you know, caught a bad break, you know, in that Arthur Abraham fight when he went down to one knee and he got caught. Like, that's just something that, you know, some people are able to recuperate from those type of things and some people are not. And he, his chin just hasn't seemed to be the same since, you know, that unfortunate incident. But, you know, I, it's a couple other things that I want to talk to you guys about, but I don't want to um, get off track because, and I want to stick to the agenda and objective for the day, and that's to go ahead and get our top 10 list off. And maybe we can get back to that, you know, maybe this week or next week. Now, as far as the pound for pound list, um, this is how we comprised our list. Um, we look at guys, the quality of victory, so we get them 30% for that. Um, achievements is another 30%. The abilities, the eye test is another 30%. And then whether or not a guy is avoiding competition or he is seeking out competition, um, that is 10%. And so um, if you don't mind, I I'll go ahead and start mine off. So for me, I had a couple guys that didn't quite make the list. So one was Tank Davis. And the reason why Tank didn't make my list as far as talent he looks like he should be able to make the list um, based on that mean left hand that he has and then just his overall athletic ability. But he just doesn't have the quality of victories. And some people say, well, he beat Mario Barrios for a belt. He beat Santa Cruz for a belt. But he just doesn't have that signature victory in one of those weight class against another elite guy to allow me to put him on a list. Because once I see him beat somebody like that, then he'll probably jump from into the top five if he's able to do that. I took Jermail, uh, fell off my list. He's not going to be on there. And it's mainly because of the Castaño fight. I think if he rematches Castaño, he does a better job, then he'll get back into the top 10 list. But I just didn't see the adjustments that Charlo needed to make in that fight in order to be a top 10 um, caliber opponent. Another guy who didn't make the list was Gary Russell. And Gary Russell was a top 10 talent as well. It's just based on his inactivity, as well as, you know, he only fights once a year. And I don't think he's fought since we've um, had our list. And then also better be a fell out the list because he just was very unimpressive in his last fight. And it looks like he might be a little long in a tooth. And then also Tyson Fury based on inactivity um, as well. Now, my person who is in my top 10, he might not be the most talented guy. But my number 10 guy is going to be Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez is 29-0 with 23 KOs. He's coming off the impressive victory over Miguel Burchelt. Um, he also has a victory over Scott Quigg. He's held the WBO featherweight title. He's held the WBC. Now he has the WBC featherweight title. Um, he's a very, or he's known for his aggressive fighting style, um, power punch and combination punching as well. And he has the hearts, um, heart and guts of, you know, an all-time great. And last fight, he showed tremendous boxing skill in getting that knockout victory or vic uh, knockout of the year caliber um, victory for him against Burchell. And so that fight, to me, propelled him into my top 10 list. So at number 10, I have Oscar Valdez. 
Okay. Um, as Will said, you know, uh, this list, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people on here who almost made the list, but, but didn't quite make it. You know, I had, uh, of course, uh, Manny Pacquiao, had he been inactive and picked up, a, had he been active and picked up a win, he might have ended up on his list. You know, even though he has that win over one of the, the, the top welterweights, which was Keith Thurman, who at the time was undefeated, but that was two years ago, and he's pretty much been inactive since then. So he got knocked off the list. Like you will, uh, I had, I, I, I really did want to put Jermel Charlo on the list. And, and I thought, had he, had he gotten that win, even, in a, even if this was a robbery, and he, if he would have gotten that victory, uh, he probably would have had enough points to, to, to be on my list. You know, but, of course, that was a draw. You know, he, he did try to unify, but it did not happen. You know, um, and plus, you know, that, that was a fight. When I look at that fight, even though he had so much trouble, there's, uh, there was ways that where he could have won a you know, one or two more rounds, maybe he could have got started more and he could did more in the middle rounds to really, you know, numerically uh, win that fight. So he got knocked off the list. So my number 10, uh, I have Vasily Lomachenko. Um, he's a guy who, of course, before his loss, he was, he was ranked a lot higher, but of course he had that loss to Teofimo Lopez. But you have to give him props for even, you know, taking that fight. A lot of guys that high wouldn't have t taken a guy, you know, taken on a guy who was that dangerous young guy coming up who's uh, hungry. And actually, he sacrificed some of his pay to get that fight. And of course, uh, I gave him for quality opposition. He had 23. You know, of course, he did fight Tiafimo Lopez. He lost. But then he took on Nakatani, which he looked really, really good, which upped his eye test a little bit more because it was dropped some from the uh, Tiafimo Lopez fight. Uh, his achievements, he had a 25 because he was the man in, you know, pretty much two or three weight classes. And even right now, coming off that loss, he's still like maybe the top three guy uh, because he's more proven than, you know, a lot of guys who at lightweight who gets ranked above him. The eye test, I gave him a 20, even though he is, you know, supremely talented. He dropped some points from how he looked in that uh, Tiafimo Lopez fight. I thought he could have done better and and for the smoke uh he ended up with a a a six because i believe that he he did he wasn't even though he did take on tiafimo lopez he and, and maybe he was willing to take on javante davis he never did and he was he seemed to be you know wary of Devin haney which i thought look i mean if you can't beat these guys get in the ring with it anyway. If you have a belt, get in the ring with them, take that loss. So he ended up with a, a, a total score of 74. Yeah, similar to you guys, uh, I had Charlo just on the outside, uh, just be, uh, simply because his performance against Castaño wasn't uh, convincing enough. Better be fell off my list as well. Um, so I'll just get into my number 10. Uh, and it was kind of the point system I'll just start by saying uh, we talked about this a little bit going into the call, but the point system makes it kind of hard to like you have your own eye test where so whereas like, you know, we would normally base our list off just the eye test. Basically, uh, the point system makes it interesting because, you know, you, you put these numbers in for these guys and you got to weight them differently. And, you know, what comes out comes out. Um, that said, number 10, uh, my number 10 was is Alexander Usyk. 
I gave him a 26 for the quality quality of our position, um, just because of the way that he, you know, ran the table at cruiserweight. It pretty much goes without saying. Achievements, I gave it a 20, a 25. Um, again, because of what he did at cruiserweight, the eye test maybe a little bit unfair to him, but uh, because of his campaign at heavyweight so far, I gave him a, a 20 on the eye test. Um, that is very subject to change. And the list in general could change a lot too, you know, by the end of this year, because, you know, you have Pacquiao, who's going to be back on the list, you, uh, and, and possibly. And then um, some of the guys that were inactive uh, will be active. And then uh, Usyk, in theory, would have faced AJ by then. And so he may be higher up on the list after that. He may be off the list entirely. But uh, so I gave him a 20 for the eye test. And I gave him 10 in the smoke category because regardless of what you could say about him, he, you know, he's done what he's had to do at each weight class and in his third fight at heavyweight, it seems like he's getting one of the, one of the elites and that's going to be a real litmus test for him. Um, so that is my number 10. And for my number nine, I'll just start out by saying that I would have probably have him higher if it were just the eye test list, but I actually had Josh Taylor for my number nine. I gave him 23 for quality of opposition I gave him 25 for achievements. Um, he's campaigned at 140, and he is uh, more or less cleaned out the division. I gave him a 24 for the eye test. He has done what he's had to do in 17 fights. He does look human, though, in the sense of you can see where he can be beat. He just hasn't yet. And so I gave him – that's why I gave him what I gave him there. And I gave him a 9 in the smoke category because – you know, he is not, from what I've seen, he's not back down from a challenge. So I had him at my number nine. All right. So for me, at number nine, I didn't have this guy in my top 10 list before based on a loss that he had against Tiafimo Lopez. And like I said in the past, it wasn't the fact that he lost, it was how he lost. But I thought he kind of redeemed himself in his last fight against Masayoshi Nakatani. And so my number nine fighter is going to be Basil Lomachenko, who's 15 to 11 KOs. When you think about his opposition, you know, he's beat Luke Campbell, Lonares, Rigo, Nicholas Waters. Um, I think the most impressive victory in my eyes is the Gary Russell fight that he had early in his career. And the reason why he isn't higher is because of the losses to Orlando Salido and then mostly um, because of the Teofimo loss. Like I said, it took him about seven rounds to be willing to engage and throw punches. And to me, that just wasn't the top. Um, pound for pound list type of uh, performance and so like that's the reason why I took him off but you know as far as the achievements he was a WBO featherweight champ WBO super featherweight champ the WBA WBO and WBC lightweight champ and and like I said most recently he updated his resume against Nakatani and um, you know he has the skills to pay the bills he has great footwork that frustrates his opponent he has excellent coordination. His reflexes are remarkable. Um, Braces opponent down tactically. And then you add, you got all of those qualities that he has. And then you add in um, overwhelming speed to the recipe. And so that's where you have, um, that makes up Basile on uh, the Matrix Lomachenko. So at number nine, I got the Matrix, uh, Basile Lomachenko. For my number nine, I have 
Alexander Usyk. Uh, Danny, you did a good job breaking down uh, his career. Um, he, he basically ran the table at cruiserweight, was a lineal champion. Um, quality opposition, I did give him 20. And I want to say that a lot of the way we score, we score you know differently in our, our own eyes. I'm, I was a little more harsher in some of my scoring, unless it was undeniable, like this person to the extraordinary in one area. Um, you know, so that's how I scored it. For Alexander Usyk, uh, I did give him 24 uh, quality opposition. Uh, he does have pretty good opposition. I, I think some of them were, you know, a little older at, at some point, some of his bigger names like Tony uh, Bellow. Uh, and even since he moved up to heavyweight, which we're pretty much judging the last few years, um, even though Derek Chisora, that's a, that's a good win and, and it's impressive for Usyk to do it, you know, someone beating Chisora, a top heavyweight beating Chisora doesn't, you know, it doesn't compute to, oh, this guy's a top guy because he beat Derek Chisora. So I gave him a 20 for that. Uh, for achievements, I gave him a, a 24. He pretty much ran the table at a weight class. So that's that's an achievement all in itself, you know. Uh, uh, if someone ran a weight class or was successful moving up or they were a lineal champion, that's already like, that's, to me, that's 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 a uh, that that lights up achievements for me when I when I look at that particular category. Um, for the eye test, I gave him a twenty-two. He would have been higher if not for uh, what I saw at you know him at, at heavyweight. I thought he looked a little different. He didn't look the same that he looks at you know cruiserweight. And even then, even at cruiserweight, he doesn't always look special, but you know, he's always effective. Um, but I thought. At heavyweight, he, he, he looks a little beatable, more beatable. So I gave him a 22. Uh, for the smoke category, I gave him an eight. He seems willing to 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 go for the smoke. He went, he's uh, signed to fight the top dog, which is you know Anthony Joshua right now. But I've knocked points off him because I haven't you know seen if he's willing to face at heavyweight. I haven't seen him say, "Hey, look, I want to face Tyson Fury or, or Wilder or any of those names." And, and Maybe I'm being harsh on, on him in that category, but it, it's, it's still, when I look at him, it, it still leaves more to be desired at that weight class that he's currently at. So he gets a 74, uh, and he's number nine, Alexander Usyk. For my number eight category, um, I have uh, Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, he ended up with 74 points. Um, I had him, as far as quality opposition, he, had, he gets a... a, a a 25. He was he he went straight to the top dog, which was uh was silly Lomachico at the time. Um and he, and he and he got the win. He he really much uh gambled and won that gamble. And for achievements, I gave him a 24 um because you know he pretty much you can argue that that he's a, a four belt champion, that he's the top guy, the linear champion at, at lightweight right now. Um, and it's, it's not a lot of those today, and, you know, and that, and that's a lot of times it's not always the fighters fought. Sometimes it's the organization's fought for just, you know, simply having too many belts or playing too many politics. But Lopez was the fighter who, who gambled with it uh, when he didn't have to, and, and the gamble paid off. Uh, for the eye test, uh, I, I gave him a 20. But even before the, the, the uh, Lomachenko fight, it, it, he looked he looked vicious, but always looked like he, he was beatable. And even with Lomachenko, when I saw that fight, of course Lomachenko was a you know pound for pound guy, was a top guy. 
even when I looked at what Lomachico did in the second half, I see a way that he can't, that Tiffany Lopez can be beaten, you know, a lot easier, you know, so I gave him a, um, a 20 in that category. Uh, for the smoke category, uh, I gave him a seven. It, it, it seems like I, I had, even though he did gamble with the, the Lomachico fight, it's not like, I didn't see him really eager to take on the other, you know, lightweight guys that were there. Um, and not even even other names. He, he, it doesn't seem. Maybe I'm not seeing it, but he doesn't seem to have desire to fight them. So he ended up with a, a total score of 74. And Teofimo Lopez is number eight. So my number eight was actually a two-way tie. So I'm gonna kind of take a liberty in naming this person first, and he'll be kind of like the seven B. Um, but I had Juan Francisco Estrada at number eight, or I guess seven B. Um, I gave him a 26 against quality of opposition. Um, his record, I actually don't have it in front of me. I believe it's around 42 and three. Um, but he's taken on the best competition that his weight class is. Anytime he's had a loss, uh, he's avenged it. And so I gave him a 26 for that. I gave him a 24 for his achievements, multiple belt holder in multiple divisions. The eye test, I gave him a 23. And the smoke category, I gave him a nine. I feel like... I can't think of anybody that he's really avoided. So, so yeah, my 7B, I had Estrada. All right, so for me, uh, my number eight, and even before I explain my number eight, as you notice, I haven't really been, like, focusing in on the numbers that I use to get my list so far. I'll do that with the top five because the top five is really solid. The number six through ten, like it could kind of go either way. The numbers are so close, but it's just certain things for me that I had to use in order to determine the order for six through 10. And so that's the reason why I'm just not specifically calling out the numbers. But my number eight is going to be uh, Tiafimo Lopez, 16-0 uh, with 12 KOs. Tiafimo, um, as far as the quality of victories, he's um, beaten Vasil. You know, you beat Richard Comey and he beat. Uh, Masayoshi Nakatani um, also being a unified champion lightweight you know he deserves tremendous amounts of credit for that also um, as far as the skill level very talented good boxing ability you know explosive power especially in that right hand um, what I do notice about him is that towards the middle of the fight if you look at the Lomachenko fight you'll see what I'm saying as far as him being a little bit more he gets fatigued and he gets a little bit more vulnerable when he um, fatigued I haven't seen him actually like get hurt too much but he gets hit more often uh, once he gets fatigued and you know he's a natural counterpuncher just space especially based on the fact that he likes to fight in that Philly shell stand so it just makes him a natural counterpuncher and he's uh you know really quick you know he has a lot of speed athletic um you know and good boxing skills but at number eight I have him um, that's where he falls on my pound for pound list. Now, as we go to number seven, this is a guy that wasn't on my pound for pound list and I'm not going to apologize for it, but I will say that I didn't see all of the skills that were there when we first started this podcast. You know, when I saw this gentleman fight, it was more so I was trying to figure out what everybody else was seeing, but the more I watch him fight, and the more I study him, I see the beauty in his skills. Now, my number seven is Alexander Usyk. And you would think, like, how did he make your list? Because he just beat Derek Chisora, and he probably didn't look that good against Chisora, you know, at the 
heavyweight division. But let me go over some of his accolades. So you may have mentioned this, uh, Vale. I had to step in for a second, so I really didn't hear. But it really doesn't matter because this is how I compile my list. So I had to give him a lot of credit for being an undisputed champ. Um, one of the only guys who's done that since uh, the real deal, Holyfield. Um, as far as the skill, you know, Usyk, you know, he's, he has that excellent movement, especially that footwork, you know. Um, he's slick, defensively, agile, lands sharp single shots, and he's an excellent counter puncher. You know, he's beat guys like Huck, he beat Bradis, he beat Hunter, and then he's just coming off the Chisora victory. And if you want to include the Joyce fight that he won, you know, in the World Series of Boxing about eight, nine years ago, you know, you can include that as well. I do. I, I think that was a very impressive uh, victory on the part of Usyk. Now, how he's made my list, like I say, Usyk is tricky because, see, being a former athlete myself, I know how it is when you're fighting somebody. Like, he, Usyk just has his style, and he's going to fight that style against whoever he fights against. But what you notice about him, you rarely see Usyk get hit flush because he's, he's slick. And then he's a winner. So he's going to do what he needs to do to win that fight. And when he needs to go ahead, step on the gas, he's able to do that, but he's not going to put himself in position to lose. And so I noticed that, like I said, being a former athlete, I know sometimes for me, um, and you plan at a high level, right? When you fight, when you're participating against elite level competition, people can see you and be like, oh man, dude is good. Like he, he can play. But then if they see you against like mediocre competition, sometimes it's like, why should I, you know, overexert myself again. It's just hard to do that. And I think that that's what it is with Usyk. So when you see him at heavyweight and he's fighting the guys that he's facing, it's like, I don't, I want to say he, he doesn't um, have the ability. He's, he's fighting down to the level of competition. He's just doing what he needs to do to win. And I think you'll see more out of him in this Joshua matchup. Um, like I say, in that fight, Joshua's so huge that, he can always just land one punch to get Usyk out of there. But if he doesn't do that, that's going to be a really good fight because I just believe in the skill that I see in Usyk. But saying, that, saying all that to say, number seven on my pound for pound list is Alexander Usyk. Uh, number seven on my pound for pound list is uh, Juan Francisco Estrada. Um, you already heard a, a great breakdown on his career. Um, it was interesting because it was hard for me to really um, be okay with this and not have uh, Gonzalez on this list. And whoever would have really gotten that victory officially would have probably ended up on his list. Um, I'll have to go with his accomplishment. You already heard it. If I gave him a, a 25 as far as quality opposition, I mean, he's he's been in plenty of weight classes, face the top opposition. And he's willing, and the one thing about him, he's willing to face guys who beat him, you know? <laughs> he's not afraid to face a guy that, that you know, probably had, uh, beaten him or uh, he's not afraid to, uh, you know, to rematch uh, anyone. Uh, for achievements, I gave him uh, a 22. You know, uh, I took some away because I, I, I thought that he didn't win that Gonzalez fight, but, you know, it was, it was like I said, it was hard to really grade him. But he did end up on his list uh, for the eye test. I gave him a twenty, and it, a lot of these guys they have the same score. Uh, but when I look at them, in this, when they do have the same score, I look at like uh, one of the things I look at is if they're all locked in the room and they were the same size, who would actually win? 
so um, I look at the eye test, I gave him a 20. Uh, when I gave him uh, eight as far as the smoke category, because he doesn't shy away from challenges, uh, he, he'll face a guy who, who probably could beat him, you know, he will face Roman Gonzalez again, even though that's, to, even though he got in that win, I think that's a still a dangerous fight for him still. So he ended up with 75 and Juan Francisco Estrada was my number seven. So my number seven, I initially gave him number seven because of the points, of course, but then I initially was like, he should be lower. But then I, I, I kind of looked at his resume again, and I wasn't really mad at it. Um, I had Vasily Lomachenko for number seven. I guess to be clear, he is kind of my 7A because he was tied with Estrada. I scored them differently, but they turned out with the same total point system. I gave him a 24 for quality of opposition. You know, he has he he, he has stepped up, and, um, you know, it's he's arguably too small for – the weight class that he's been in for the past few years. Uh, but he's still, even though he looked more human and even though he lost to Lopez, he still looked pretty good in that weight class. Um, his achievements, I gave him a 26. Um, it's easy. Well, granted, it is a, a current pound for pound list, um, you know, but he was one of the most successful amateur boxers of all time, possessing a record of 396 wins and one loss. He avenged the loss twice. He won consecutive gold medals in the 2008 and the 2012 Olympics. And he's had belts at featherweight. He's had belts at junior lightweight. And he's had uh, belts at, he was had unified belts at lightweight. And so the achievements are there for sure. Um, the eye test, I gave him 25. And I gave him seven for the smoke category. Um, I, I took a little bit off because of, you know, him vacating when he was supposed to have fought Haney. Um, and the case that I would make for him is, yes, he did lose against Lopez. Um, one could argue, you know what I mean, that he, he did say that his shoulder was injured and he did have shoulder surgery directly after that fight. So if he was fighting at a certain percentage that wasn't his 100%, you know, he still didn't look bad in that fight to have been injured. And I'm going to take him at his word. I would say that although someone like a Nakatani was sort of like he had a style that was made for Lomachenko to shine, one could argue that this most recent version of Lomachenko is a more accurate version than the version that we saw against Lopez. And so I do hope that they get a chance to rematch uh, I know that the Lopez fight with Cambosos was postponed, but hopefully, you know, he goes in there and maybe he handles business. Um, and then if he does handle business, assuming he does, I would love to see that rematch with hopefully both of them being COVID free and hopefully them both being injury free. That'd be very interesting. Speaking of the devil, I had Lopez at number six, actually. I gave him a 25 for quality of opposition and only a little bit of fights. He became the youngest, the youngest title holder, the youngest unified title holder at that division. Um, so I gave him a 25 there. I gave him 25 for the achievements. I just kind of went into why that was the case for him. I gave him a, a 25 for the eye test as well. Um, I'm sorry, a 24 for the eye test. And so, you know, you can see, especially towards, you know, Will, you already pointed a good amount of this out. Towards the end of that Lomachenko fight, 
you can see where he got fatigued and where he becomes sort of a, a lot more human towards the end. Shout out to him because he did he did show a lot of heart in that 12th round and he did put together a very massive 12th round that arguably won him that fight. Um, but I gave him a 25 there. I gave him a nine in the smoke category. Um, I listen to a lot of other, I listen to other podcasts um, because I like seeing different interview styles and I like to see, um, it's kind of my craft at this point. So, you know, I kind of like to get a sense of that, but it gets, it helps me to get to know these guys too. And so, um, you know, he's, he's talked about, you know, him and Haney's went back and forth. He talked about making that fight happen. I haven't seen him talk about Tank a lot, but it's kind of no point to talk about him fighting Tank because he's top ranked and they don't seem interested to make that fight. And um, he's talked about going up to 140 and wanting to unify there. And so he seems to want, you know, regardless of who he's fought, he seems to want the best fighters. And when he, when he fought Richard Comey um, to earn him that, that Lomachenko shot, uh, Richard Comey was and still is a dangerous fighter. And so I gave him a nine in that category. So my number six is Teofimo Lopez. All right, so for me, my number six, I got Francisco Estrada, known as El Gallo. Now, with him, Francisco, um, man, what can you say about the young man or what about the brother? You know, he takes on all comers. You know, he's been a champion since 2012. He's had a draw against Sora Rumpasai. He's defeated Sora Rumpasai. He beat Carlos Quadras twice. He lost to Chocolatito, who was number one pound for pound fighter at the time in a close decision lost in 2000, I want to say 12-ish. And then he avenged the loss in his last fight. Now, in that fight against Chocolatito, I could have went either way. You know, some people say that Chocolatito won. Regardless of how you look at it, See, to me, that fight is a little bit different than, let's say, for instance, Jermail Charlo. I think that it's slightly different. I look at it differently um, because of the way the fight was fought, where Estrada had his moments against. And I, I, I thought it could have went either way. I thought it was either a draw or Chocolatito won. Um, it depends on how you score some of those close fights. I mean, close rounds. But um, like I say, it was just the way he went about. He made adjustments. He was doing what Estrada typically does. And then on top of that, that's Chocolatito, right? And so with the exception of maybe one or two other guys around that weight class, because Chocolatito is not the biggest guy at that weight. And so sometimes when you fight somebody like a sore rumpicide who just hits like a tank, that that might not bode well for him. But anybody who's like human as far as their punching power, Chocolatito is going to give a hard fight to and he's like an all-time great type of challenge right so um however it is you look at that either guy could have won i think it had chocolatito won i think i would have still had both guys in my top 10 you know that's how, how good of a matchup that was to me that was like a morales you know barrera type of fight right um but anyway with him um as far as the skills you know he has like kind of a Mexican style, but you got to add the versatility in there. And then what sets him apart from other great fighters in his weight class is his ability to adapt. Those tactics um, constantly frustrate his opponents where he can kind of gauge where they are and, you know, always have the upper hand typically in his fight. So that's what I like most about him. You know, he uses his jab. Um, I like to call that jab, 
you know, they call him El Gallo. I, I look at that jab like it's like Pico de Gallo. You know what I'm saying? Especially that jab in that right hand, you know. And basically that's the cornerstone, you know, to his brilliance is using that, that old one too. But um, like I said, for me, just based on his longevity as being champion, the skills that he has, um, his resume, his willingness to take on top level competition, I have Francisco um, El Gallo as my number six pound for pound fighter. Okay, my number six pound for pound fighter, and I had to do it. Number six, I got a Terrence Bud Crawford as number six. I had to, to take him down a bit. And I had to take him down a bit because it's almost like, what have you done for me lately? And when you look at the guys that's above him, they, they either have one or two things. Either they, they, they fought top opposition recently or they have in the past at one point. For him, he does have a, a, a pretty good resume as far as, you know, opposition is, is decent, especially at 140. I thought his opposition was pretty good there, but it wasn't like anything to scream home about. So I gave him a 15 for quality opposition. Where he excels is achievements. I gave him a 25 because he's one of the few guys on his list, and it's a few on his list, but he's one of the few who actually did run a weight class. And actually he ran, he, he kind of was the guy in two weight classes, which was 135 and 140, but he was a unified champ at 140. And in this area era, it's, it's pretty hard. It's only like maybe a handful who've done it. And I could probably count them on my hand. So I gave him a 25 for achievements. For the eye test, I gave him a 30. The guy is top notch. Uh, when, when, when placed against everyone on this list, if they're all the same size, I would probably have Terrence Crawford beating all of them. But I had to dock points for quality opposition. Uh, for smoke category, I gave him a six. He didn't seem... At some point, you have to just say, look, give me the fights or or, or at this point, I had to I got tired. I'm tired of defending Bud Crawford as far as, you know, going for the smoke and going for broke and getting the fights that he needs. Yes, there's a lot of boxing politics and all that. But at some point, I mean, it's, it's show and prove. So my number six is uh, Bud Crawford with a score of 76 for number five. My pound for pound guy for number five is Arrow the True Spence. I had him edging Terrence Crawford with a 77. Uh, quality opposition, he, he pretty much excelled at. He has a, a, a 25. Um, he's beaten, uh, of course, he's, he's beaten Danny Garcia, uh, Sean Porter. He had that fight with Sean Porter, um, Mikey Garcia, um, Kell Brook, when he went across the pond to beat Kell Brook, his quality opposition is there. It's, it's, it's actually pretty good at welterweight. Uh, for achievements, I gave him a 20. I did give him a, a, as high a score um, for this category because when you look at the guys above him, he's probably the only one who's never actually ran a weight class or fought in another weight class. The guys above him has either fought at other weight classes or they undoubtedly ran a weight class. So I gave him a 20 for that. For the eye test, I gave him a 25. I mean, the guy is, is the goods. He can jab. He's a body puncher. He does everything you want in a fighter. He's, he's, he's good at pretty much everything. But I, I looked at the, 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 the style that Sean Porter used against him, and he won that fight. While he did win that fight, he looked a pretty, pretty beatable. So I had to, you know, I couldn't give him a 30 for that. But if it, had he won that, that Sean Porter fight, like, in a comfortable way, I would give him a 30. 
uh, for the smoke category, I gave him a seven. Uh, he's willing, he's normally willing to take on a lot of guys. He just don't, it just it didn't seem like he's more apprehensive when it comes to Terrence Crawford or uh, other top ranked guys. So I gave him a 77. And for number five, it's uh, Arrow the True Spence. So for my number five, I had Terrence Bud Crawford, largely for the reasons that you had him at number six, Phil, but the points just worked out the way they worked out, you know. Um, I did give him a 25 for quality of opposition. It really could be it, it honestly that was more so for what he did at his lower weight classes than what he's done at welterweight. The achievements I gave him a 27 because of again mostly what he's done at at the lower weight classes. Like you said, he he basically cleaned out more or less two divisions at 135 and 140. And uh to his point, he has successfully defended that uh welterweight belt since he's earned it as well. So I give him a 27 there. I give him a 28 for the eye test. He's one of the smartest fighters out there. He's able to switch between orthodox and southpaw effortlessly. He uses it to his advantage. When he smells blood, he want to get you out of there. He just has that killer instinct. Um, for the smoke category, uh, he actually has the lowest point total in the smoke category out of the top 10, but I gave him a six in that category. Um, he has talked about wanting to fight those top fighters, but to whatever extent he could do something to, to get those fights, he has not really done. And I've talked about this on previous episodes, but you know, when you have a guy like Manny Pacquiao who came up and through top rank, but still made the business decision a few years ago to move to PBC so he could get better fights and it was best for his career. When you have people like Pacquiao doing that, and then you, you see Bud who stayed and, you know, was getting the fights that he was getting. Um, like you said, I can't really, I can't really defend it at that point. Now he is supposed to fight Sean Porter soon. And I'm, we're hoping that fight becomes official and it, we're hoping it comes up. But as of, as of August, 2021, he has a six to me in a smoke category. So that is my number five. All right. For me at number five, I got the Tartan Tornado, uh, Josh Taylor, who's 18 and 0 with 13 knockouts. As far as uh, the quality of victories, I gave him a 27. Um, he has defeated the likes of Regis Progress. Um, he's also defeated several undefeated fighters. Uh, I think the last several fights that he's had is they've been all against undefeated guys. Um, and he's just defeated Jose Carlos Ramirez to become the undisputed champion at 140 pounds. And he also holds a victory over the always tough Victor Postal. Um, as far as the achievements, I gave him, it could be higher, um, but I gave him a 25 as far as the achievements, just based on the fact that he's the unified champ. I mean, you, I mean not unified, he's the undisputed champ. Um, the reason why I didn't give him higher uh, points is because not that, 140 is pretty competitive, but it's not 147. You know what I'm saying? And it's not um, like the heavyweight division that's so top heavy where you got to go through those type of opponents. Like you got to go through some really solid op opponents. But at the same time, I just don't think that it's that upper echelon um, division. It's just really good. You know what I mean? He just has some really good fighters at the top. Um, as far as his abilities, you know, I like his abilities. He... Um, I gave him a 24 there, you know, he's a lefty, you know, with some serious skills. I like 
the body shots that he's able to uh, deliver. He applies intense pressure. He's a good inside fighter, and he also switch hits, you know, to create angles. Um, yeah, so he, he's really solid. And so as far as the smoke is concerned, I can't take any points away from him because I don't know anybody that he is unwilling to fight. Every time they mention somebody, he wants that smoke. You know, I heard him talk about Tiafimo Lopez. If he wants to come up, you know, you're more than welcome to do it. And I'm more than welcome to be a Huckleberry. He wants Terrence Crawford. So I had to give him a, a 10 in that category. So he ended up um, with 86 points on my list. Um, and shout out to the Tartan Tornado. You know, one of the most exciting Scottish fighters that I've seen. At number four is a gentleman that you guys mentioned before. He has uh, number one pound for pound skills, um, but he just lacks the quality of victories. So for me, although Bud has victories over Yorkus Gamboa, um, Victor Posto, um, I mean, you can give him credit for the Jeff Horn fight. You know, initially I did, you know, because that was a really big solid world so that just defeated Manny Pac-Man Pacquiao. And then, you know, he has victories over Brooke, um, victories over Benavidez, Khan. You know, that's kind of like a for a top pound-for-pound fighter, you know what I mean? That's not really pound-for-pound type competition. And, you know, I gave him more points just based on he was fighting. It seemed like it was stiffer competition at the lower weight classes. But it's still, they weren't world beaters, you know what I mean? They just He doesn't have that signature victory that you can – give him, you know, high points for. As far as his achievements, I gave him a 28, and that could be kind of high, but you have to give the man credit for being a champion, undisputed at lightweight, um, junior welterweight, and then now he holds one of the belts at welterweight. Now, what could bump him up is if this fight takes place between him and Sean Porter, then that's going to tell it all. Now, as far as his abilities, I gave him a 30. But in my mind, I really could take points off because I think quality of victories goes hand in hand with abilities. Because if you're fighting guys that aren't, you know, still sharp and steel, and if you're not fighting like those high level opponents, then how can I give you credit for your abilities? Because you can do that against that level of opposition. Now, what happens when you fight one of the top world to weights, when you fight a Sean Porter, when you fight a Errol Spence, you know, when you fight a Keith Thurman, will you still look the same? And will you actually have those 30 points? But just based on what I've seen so far, the man, you know, he switched hits with the best of, you know. And I mentioned this before. He doesn't have much head move, movement, but he, he's mastered like range and, and his lateral movement. And he's very versatile. It's the biggest attribute is the ability to make adjustments. I thought in a Kill Brook fight, although Kill Brook in my eyes was shot, Kill Brook was winning at least those first two rounds. I thought he won the third round, but but made the adjustment. As soon as he made the adjustment, that's when he um, took over the fight and ended the fight. I've seen him do that. I've seen him in person. I saw him fight in Dallas and he did the same thing. It was around the third, fourth, fifth round. I saw him do that against Hank Lundy. Like, he, he just, you know, knows how to make the adjustments. And a lot of time, the guys that he's facing, they can't make the adjustment to his adjustment. And, you know, he has, like, nice cadence and rhythm in the ring. Um, and he, he's pretty much skilled 
you know, in every aspect of boxing, you know, inside, outside, you know, however it is that you want it, he can give it to you. But um, the biggest thing, but you got to step up the level of your opposition. And I think that that would solidify you as the number one pound for pound fighter if you're able to get a victory against one of those um, top level guys. But for number four, I got Terrence Buckroff. My number four uh, for pound for pound guy, I have uh, Josh Taylor as the number four guy. Looking at him, he, he doesn't always look, you know, like a, a special fighter or anything like that. Out of everyone on his list, he, he probably physically he might the most the, the 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 least physically talented as far as just just you know just looking at him just from my eyes but at the same time he's the one that walked it you know he runs a weight class he, he just has fight with Ramirez where even though he has some spots in there that you know Ramirez was was giving him some uh well, he was giving him some some you know resistance Taylor he handled it very very well and he was willing to fight the guy you know to get the belts for all the marbles so for quality opposition I did give him a, a 25 he basically you know cleaned out his division and you know it's, it's more coming in his division but for now he's that guy that, at the top of the 140 division achievements I gave him a 24 again for the, for the, uh, the same thing he cleaned out his division he beat he's beating Ramirez um he, he actually, I look at what he did, I look at almost similar, but on a smaller scale to what Andre Ward did with the Super Six tournament. These guys didn't have to fight each other, but they went ahead and did it anyway. And one came out and Josh Taylor came out, you know, with, with the wins over, of course, uh, Pro Gray and, and Berichick. And then, then he has a, a win over Victor Posto, which is underrated um, also. Uh, for the eye test, I gave him a 19. He doesn't always look impressive, but he gets the job done. He's a he's he's a rough fighter to get it done. That that it's hard to pick against him. When I look at some of the guys that people who are more talented than him that they want to put in the ring with him, like for example Tank Davis, uh, who is supremely way more talented than Josh Taylor. I can't pick Tank Davis in that fight because Josh Taylor just has all these different. He does. It's not like he's just great at one thing, but he does everything well enough, and he has the intangibles that someone like Tank, we haven't seen from him uh, yet. The smoke category, I gave him a 10 because again, he, he he walked the walk. You know, what more would you want for a guy in his weight class than to fight everyone in your in the weight class? So uh, I gave him a 10. So for number four, I have Josh Taylor with a score of 78. Oh, I don't mean to interrupt the list um, as we move through this uh, list, but only thing I was going to say is this, like I had those guys really close. You know what separated my list between those two guys was the fact I thought about it. I said, you know what, between Bud and Josh Taylor, it was two things. One, I don't think that Josh Taylor has ever beaten anybody that Bud couldn't beat. And then the second thing was the fact that I thought that Bud did more because Bud has won belts at lightweight, junior welterweight, and welterweight. And so to me, that separated the two guys. But no, I just want to put it out there. Yeah, no doubt. I think, I think personally that Bud is better. It's just that Bud took a loss from quality opposition, you know. And I had to look at what is – now, when you look at their careers in totality, you know, of course, their, their quality opposition isn't, you know – 
that much off. But when I look at the last, you know, two years or three years, which what I focus on, because if we go, we're just going to look at quality opposition, Manny Pacquiao would have a, thir- a 35, you know, <laughs> he'll probably be on his list. But I had to look at what happened in the last two years and three years. And, and I'm a Bud fan. Everybody knows if you listen to this, this, this recording, I'm a Bud fan, but I had to punish him for that. I had to do it. So for my number four, I had the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Now, before I get into his accomplishments, I would just say, you know, um, I know that I said before that I left Pacquiao off because of inactivity. And so one might ask, what's the difference between Tyson Fury and Pacquiao? So for one, Fury's last fight was in February 2020, whereas Pacquiao's was in December 2019. And um, although they both have fights coming up, despite having them been inactive, I I just don't know who Pacquiao is at 42, but I feel like I have a better sense of Fury, of who Fury is. And so even though he came down a little bit on my list, I believe I had him at number three uh, last time we did this, um, I did still think he was worthy of being on the list. So I have Fury at number at number four. Quality of opposition, I gave him, I gave him a 27. Um, he's fought almost everyone there is to fight at heavyweight, uh, really over the past decade um you know he beat klitschko who was given the heavyweights problems for for years before that and he beat deontay wilder whether however you want to score that first fight is whatever but he proved himself in that second fight he beat deontay wilder uh who was also largely feared at that weight class uh his achievements in the sense that you know he became that that undisputed lineal champ in 2015 and then you know left the game for a little bit and came back to prominence I gave him a 27 there. The eye test, I gave him a 27, and I gave him that because of his ability to switch styles. Um, he he fought Wilder two different ways, and, uh, you know, you can say what you want against him in those, you know, when he fights sort of like lesser opponents that aren't elite, but uh, similar to some of the other fighters on his list, he does what he has to do to, to get the win. And so, uh, you know, not, not a lot of people can be, not a lot of fighters can be, versatile enough uh granted heavyweights have a little bit more leeway with that because of the weight class and the parameters but uh the way he was able to switch it up was impressive to me and i gave him a a eight in a smoke category so for my number three i had arrow to choose spence at arrow arrow spence is 27 and 0 with 21 knockouts currently holds the wbc and ibf uh welterweight titles uh he's beaten just about everybody there is to beat at welterweight uh, over the past six years or so. Um, I gave him a 27 for quality of opposition for the reason I just named. Obviously, it would be higher if he fought, you know, that guy who, you know, we know who it is. But um, I gave him a 27 for quality of opposition. I gave him a 25 for achievements. Um, he is, you know, very sort of decorated at that weight class, but, um, you know, other fighters have done what he's done more quickly. And so I gave him a 25 there. I gave him a 29 for the eye test. Um, he really does what he has to do in the ring. I, a lot of people say that he didn't beat, and, you know, to your point, Val, you, you said, you know, he didn't look as dominant in the Porter performance, which is true, but to me, um, I felt like 
he wanted to fight Porter's game intentionally to prove a point. And so um, I just referenced how how uh, Tyson Fury can switch styles and, and win different ways. I look at Errol Spence as one of those guys too. And not, and again, not everybody can do that, especially in a weight class with like, you know, lower parameters like that. And I gave him a, a eight in the smoke category. Again, he he's he has fought and and is willing to fight most people at his weight class. Um, he's even said he's willing to fight Canelo, but for some reason he just hasn't fought that guy. So I, I got to penalize him for that. So, um, so yeah, my number three was error to two Spence. All right. So for my number three, I got the monster. Um, in a way, a new way. It was 20-0 with 17 KOs. How I looked at it as far as the quality of victories, I gave him a, a 23. You know, you look at his resume, the most notable um, guy on there is Nonito Donaire. It was literally a little long in the two, but Nonito's still, you know, pretty good, you know, at this stage. And, and, and he was much bigger than uh, the monster as well. As far as the achievements, I gave him a 27 being the fact that he's been a champion at light flyweight. Um, he held the WBC championship there, the WBO super flyweight champ, WBA um, and, and IBF bantamweight champ currently. And so I gave him, like I say, 27 points in the achievement category. Also, he's been a champion since 2014, you know, so that's nothing to sneeze at. As far as the abilities, I uh, gave him a 28. You know, you could get a 30, you know, just based on the fact that he has incredible athleticism. He's another guy who can apply a tremendous amount of pressure, but he can also box. You know, some of those things I saw him pull out in that Nonito Donaire fight has a nice jab, um, good counter punching to create openings. And he has that signature left hook to the body and the head. And like I say, it's kind of like uh, Felix Trinidad effect. He recently up. Dated his resume against Jason Maloney and also Michael uh, Dasmarinas. And so um, as far as the, like I say, he has a 28 when it comes to the abilities. When it comes to his avoiding smoke, not avoiding smoke, I don't see the monster. Monster's a nice guy too. You know, I can see like, just his nature about him, which is mind boggling because he's such a, a monster in the ring. Like he just, it transforms into that, that animal. You know what I'm saying? But all in all, um, I had NOA Monster Nui at number three. At number three, um, I had uh, Tyson Fury. And I had him with a, with a score of 79, quality opposition. Uh, I had him at, at 23. Uh, he would have gotten higher if he was a little more active. But uh, very few guys. And I mean, he, he basically, when you look at his resume, I mean, he did beat the man at the weight class to get, he was to get the, you know, to get the goal. He beat Vladimir Klitschko, you know, uh, he was the first one to beat him, I believe before uh, Anthony Joshua did it. So he was the, you know, the lineal champion. Of course he took on, um, when you look at, even when you look at the, you know, the mid-level guys, uh, like a, 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 a can't remember his name, but a lot, a lot of times, you know, they've been in the ring with, you know, with Fury. Uh, but I think he could have been more active. That's why I docked some points from him. Of course, when he did win that title, he, you know, he wasn't uh, all there. And he, I mean, he was having some issues, you know, stand on weight and, you know, some mental issues. Uh, of course, I mean, 
you know, more power to you if you have issues like that. But, you know, he, he was as active he, as he could have been. But at the same time, uh, when you look at achievements, uh, he was that he was that guy, you know, he, he he's still the, you know, the, the man to be at his weight class. Uh, he's a, he was a lineal champion. Um, and there's not many guys even on his list that actually, you know, were the lineal champion if they were, you know. Um, so for eye test, I gave him a, a 23. Um, he would have been higher. But, you know, looking at him, he, he, he has the talent to, to have a higher score. But what I, where I dock points from him was when he has these fights against guys that, you know, tune-up fights, he looks kind of – he fights to a level of opposition, and, you know, he's not always 100% trained. Uh, when, when there isn't a fight, he's, he's, you know, out of shape. He's not really staying in shape. He doesn't look like he, he should. He reminds me a little bit, in, in that case, of, of, of a Riddick Bow. And, and when I compare him to Riddick Bow, Riddick Bow is a guy, when you look at his talent, he could beat anybody in his, in, at, at the heavyweight division that he was in at the time that he was in there. He can beat everyone. You know, he probably could. But he may not beat everyone because of his, you know, dedication and other issues. And that's what I look at, like, uh, with Tyson Fury, that, you know, when I look at the things he could do, as far as being mobile for a guy that's six foot, you know, seven to six foot nine, you know, he's moving around. He can be elusive. He can bring it to you. Uh, he can do all these things. Uh, and yet when he fights a guy just as a tune-up fight, he looks kind of ordinary. But, you know, I'm not going to take more from him, you know, because, again, you know, he's, he's very talented. When you see him uh, at his best, he looks unbeatable. Uh, the smoke category, I gave him a nine. Because he, he has been in the ring with the, the top opposition, and he was going to be getting the ring with Anthony Joshua, you know. And if it, had he gotten the ring with Anthony Joshua and beaten him, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't have gotten in the ring with Usyk, you know. And he's like, and he, he already, he, you know, he, he had to fight against uh, Deontay Wilder, which ended up in the draw, which I thought, you know, he, he might have edged that fight, but he came back again and stopped him in the rematch. So pretty much he showed you two ways to beat one guy you know and that's interesting that he did that and and he's the only guy and when you look at him against uh wilder he's the only guy that, that you want to see him beat a guy a third time pretty much it's like if canelo beat uh Arislandi lara came back and beat Arislandi lara in a rematch and then everyone else still want him to fight him again that's when when someone's that good you expect more from them and i think that's what they why they do that to you know a uh, a uh, tyson fury because he's that good he has a different standard so my number three is uh tyson fury with a total score of 79. my number two powerful pound guy is uh Nioa Inui. And I know I always butcher his name, but the guy has my respect. You know, he he's consistently proven himself over and over again. Um, I gave him a, a 25 for quality of opposition. He's been that guy in three weight, well, about three weight classes. He's he's dominated. He's just pretty much just dominated uh, guys. He, he just fought uh, Nanito Donaire and had a win, a win over him that I thought, even though that that fight was you know very very impressive. Uh, he kind of did look look beatable at, in some spots, uh, which brought down his, his, his eye test down, his eye test score down two points from 30 to 28. Because before that, he would have had a 30, uh, 30 uh, score clean in my book. But that fight with Nanino Donaire, he seemed 
you know, defaulted a little bit when uh, Donera hurt him. But then again, uh, you can't take, I can't penalize him too much because, again, Donero Donaire is a huge uh, guy at, at that weight. You know, he's a big guy. He's a murderous puncher. Yet I knew he still uh, weathered that storm. Uh, and so I also gave uh, Anui, also gave him a 25 for achievements uh, because, of course, he did uh, run a table in about two weight classes. And, then, you know, and he's still unbeatable. Uh, he's a guy that, that should be ranked pretty high in my book. And for the smoke category, he gets an eight. I've never seen him, you know, turn down a fight, even though there's other names that he could fight, like, a, a, I say, a, a Rigandau. Uh, he never really mentioned Rigadal's name. I haven't heard anything, but I would like to see those two fight. Uh, so total score of 86, number two powerful bomb guy is Naomi Anui. I actually also had him at number two. Uh, you just did a great job of breaking him down. Uh, and Will, you did as well, breaking him down at number, at number three. So I won't belabor. I want to keep the effect of aggression in this episode. And so um, I won't state why, because you guys already did that basically. I'll just say I had a, I gave him a 27 at quality of opposition, 26 at achievements, and a 28 at eye test and nine in the smoke category. So that was my number two. All right, so getting down to the nitty gritty, the last two. Um, let me, before I even get to my last two, I'm gonna tell you, uh, let me be clear with why you won't see Tyson Fury on my list. And he, Tyson Fury is like number 20 on my list. And I'm gonna tell you why it's, it's for specifically five to six reasons. And I probably could name 20, you know, or at least 10. But when I look at Tyson Fury, uh, one reason he won't make my list is because, for one, in his biggest victory, I think the Klitschko victory has to be considered his biggest victory since Klitschko was so dominant over the heavyweight division for about 10 years. And, you know, he, like, boxed circles around Vladimir Klitschko. But... If you think about it, he tested positive for a banned substance. So it's a cloud over that victory. Also, you have the glove controversy, not only in the water fight, but it's also um, been, it's, it's evidence out there. You know, you can, it's, it's something that you can actually look up where he had uh, sparring partners or at least a sparring partner who was adamant about him, you know, taking out, you know, some of the, uh, materials you know in his gloves to take out the padding and whatnot you also can factor in that he's done everything humanly possible to avoid this wilder trilogy and again if wilder was such an easy um pick or a cherry pick or whatever you want to call him then just why not just take the fight and do away with deontay Wilder, get him out of here you know what i mean but he's been doing everything humanly possible um the other thing is i can't have him on my list because he's been so inactive um the other thing is, is that I can't put somebody as undisciplined as Tyson Fury on my list, testing positive for banned substances, even now going into this fight. Not the fact that he has, you know, got COVID because that can happen to anyone, but it's just the undisciplined nature that he's had once he got it, where he was not quarantining, you know, he out in public, you know, you know, that sort of thing. So. For that reason, I can't have somebody like that on my list. But getting to my number two pound-for-pound pound fighter, um, I have to go with Errol the True Spence. He's 27-0 with 21 KOs. Like I say, Errol is a true boxer puncher. When it comes to quality of victories, I gave him a 28. 
because he'd be, I would consider that a prime Brook. You know, at the time, Brook hadn't lost that world to weight. Um, he'd be uh, Peterson, you know, before he got the Brook shot. You know, he has the victory over Sean Porter, close fight. He has the victory over Mikey Garcia, and he's coming off. He updated his resume against Danny Garcia. Um, and then also he can update his resume even further by beating the, if he does, if he beats the, I mean, what can you say about Manny Pacquiao? You know what I mean? Like he, he, this is like the, one of the, the goats, you know what I mean? When it comes to boxing. So if he can get a victory over him, that's just going to solidify his claim even more, even though Pacquiao's older, you know what I mean? Much older, but you know, that still is going to be a very, very quality victory um, on his resume. And like I said before, before the accident, he was like one of the most avoided guys in the sport, you know. And as far as his achievements, not only does he have two of the welterweight belts, and he can also collect a third. You know, they gave Pacquiao back the WBO strap, the WBA strap, so he, he'll have three of the belts if he's able to do that. But not only that, it's the fact that Earl True Spence is becoming a huge star in the sport of boxing. Um, like I said, I went to go see him in his homecoming fight a few years ago, sold out event. I mean, he just had the city on lock. Um, and then also just the fact that his pay-per-view presence, you know, when he has a fight, it sells well, you know, so that to me falls under the category of achievements. Um, as far as his abilities, the eye test, I had him at a 28 before but since he stepped up the level of his opposition and that's what that does for you is that you're going to be able to see things in guys that you know although i could possibly not take points off of because he's willing to fight the porters he's willing to fight the garcias but at the same time i saw a little bit of vulnerability in spence where i noticed that he's a lot more or i shouldn't say a lot more he's a little more hittable than i initially thought um, especially in a Porter fight, you know, I know you guys mentioned that he, he chose to fight Porter's fight as opposed to just boxing and moving and, you know, fighting on his terms. He wanted to slug it out uh, with Porter, but that's Porter's fight. But also in the Danny Garcia fight, um, before the eighth round, Danny Garcia was landing some um, pretty solid blows every now and then. But it was just enough to me to see that there is a vulnerability there. So I took a couple points off as opposed to 28. I gave it 25. But those are some things that he can shore up. And then as far as him, um, also his abilities. I, I just want to also mention the fact that, you know, when I look at his style, he's very economical um, in his style in that left-hand stance um, with the stiff, you know, right-hand jab, you know, that sets up that left. You know, he's very good fundamentally, great body work, and then his power busts up bust up his opponents and he used very good tactical aggression um as far as the smoke is concerned i gave him a nine now the only reason you know we say the terrence crawford you know thing i just think that i look at it like this that it's understandable in terms of i think that where bud is it's like he's on the outside looking in and you have to give up a lot in terms of facing a bud just to make the fight where you got so many guys that's already on the PBC side that you can make the fight and you're not losing anything in terms of facing a Pacquiao. You mean you're gaining more, you know what I mean? So it just doesn't make sense. So I understand where he's coming from, 
it's just that Bud, to me, would have to be willing to do the, do more sacrificing in order to make the fight than Errol Spence is at this stage of his career. Like I say, the um, pay-per-view achievements. Um, the guy is, is becoming a mega star, um, and he just has so many guys on his side to face. That's why I don't take too many points off. But at the end of the day, I think that in a sport, I'm just so used to guys. I mean, the guys are doing a much better job when it comes to um, the business side of things now than they did before. And I commend them for that to a certain degree. Now, if you just somebody just out here not willing to fight anybody, he's still fighting real stiff level competition, although he's not making the Crawford fight. But I think that if Crawford was willing to make the sacrifice, I think he would take the fight. But I took one point off just based on the nature of if people are, if you have a contingency that's saying Crawford will beat you, then I just think that the heart of a fighter would be like, you know, let's go ahead and make the fight because I know that I can beat that guy. And that's the only reason I took the point away, but I understand it because he's still able to make all of the money and he's collecting all of these belts. So when he is forced to face Crawford, Crawford can't try to negotiate with him on the same even terms because he just doesn't bring that much to the table or as much to the table. But all in all, I have Harold the True Spence at number two, a solid number two. And then I think, Number one, you know, I'm gonna do a drum roll. We got um, Saul Canelo Alvarez is number one. You know, he's 56 one, you know, two with 38 KOs for quality of victories. I gave Canelo a 30. You know, I always mention the Lara fight, Trout, Cotto, Golovkin, Jacobs, Kovalev, Callum Smith. Now he's added Billy Joe Saunders. Um, doesn't look like the Caleb Plant fight is going to come off, but he's still hollering out, give me Bivol. You know what I mean? And um, I'm going to go to avoiding and seeking out competition because I gave him a seven, but it's only because of the fact that I think he should have by now. He's Although he you can't really knock him <laughs> because he has such stellar opposition that he's faced, but it's still a couple guys out there that I think he should have faced by now and that he could have faced by now. Um, and that's going to be Andrade and Charlo. But, I mean, when you look at him, it's more so who – it's not who he's fought because we all know that he has a great resume. It's like, okay, who does he have left to fight? And so he just has guys like Bevel. Um, better be if he wants to fight at light heavyweight. And then he has the plant, Benavidez. And then you can throw Charlo and Andrade in there, even though they're lower um, weight class fighters. And I think eventually if Spence – does what he needs to do. I think they're going to end up fighting at some point as well. And so the future looks bright for him as far as like the competition that he still can face. As far as his achievements, you know, not only has he beaten those guys um, that I mentioned, but he's been champion at junior middleweight, middleweight, like heavyweight, super middleweight. And then he's also the cash column boxing. So he has to get 30 points in that area. Um, the abilities, I gave him a 29. Um, because Canelo, man, I mean, he, you know, you, you have guys like he's had close fights, but I see guys like, you know, when you saw Spence against Porter, he looked vulnerable. You know what I mean? I never seen Canelo. I seen him in close fights that could have gone either way, but I always seen Canelo be Canelo. He's always the guy that you are, you know, expecting to see come in the ring. And so, um, 
I have to give him credit for that. He's always that guy. Like you always have to be worried about that extremely um, po- um, powerful punching ability that he has. And, you know, those feints and, you know, his methodical way that he, you know, approaches a fight, you know, his counter punching ability, great head movement. He's defensively aware and he's always able to set those traps. Um, so when it comes to abilities, like I said, I gave him a 29. Overall, he had 96 on my list, which is by far the most points that any other guy has. So my number one fighter is none other than Saul Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, I, I don't think no question. Everyone knows who my number one pom-pom fighter is. And of course, I have to agree with you, Will, it's Saul Canelo Alvarez. I mean, you gave down a, a, a great breakdown of his, you know, what he was done. When I look at the quality opposition, I give him a 25. Uh, he, he's pretty much uh, top notch. The only thing is he hasn't fought in, of course, you have the fight with uh, with Charlo and, and Andre. And, you know, he could it could possibly be a rematch with uh, Triple G. When you look at his, 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 his resume, he's ran like, at least three weight classes, <laughs> 160. He's running wins at 160, at 175. He'll run that too. So, I mean, achievements that that actually brings up achievements to to 30. I mean, what else can he do? He's pack out Mayweather level right now. I mean, it's it's Canelo, and then there's everyone else. For his eye test, I give him a 29. He's definitely has improved a, a lot over the years. I remember he used to have you know a bit of stamina issues. Uh, and even in, in a lot of that came, uh, I saw that affect him a lot, even in the first uh, Triple G fight, but improved. He worked on it even from between the first and the second. You can you see how better he uh, became, and he worked on that uh, tremendously. And some of that had to do with him moving up in weight also, because his stamina seemed to be improved. And plus, also, he doesn't get mentally tired uh he's he's fighting at his own pace right now he's dictating the pace he's doing a great job of doing that so i gave him a 28 for eye test for the smoke category i'm 29 for the eye test for the smoke category i give him an eight the interesting thing is a lot of people are talking him he's ducking this person or that person but he's the only guy who well i guess he's the only guy but they hold him to a different standard because he's that good you know and that's a, a level that you they would hold people like uh, Mayweather or Pacquiao too. That's saying you got to fight this guy. It all, it'll always be another guy that they have to fight. So, but it, it's to a point where they think the only challenge to him is people who were he fight at uh, at 175, and it's not even the weight class that he's campaigning in right now. He's at 168, and it's to a point where people are were complaining about him unifying against Caleb Plant. That would make. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, a four-belt champion at 168, and people were complaining about him fighting Caleb Plant, saying Plant hasn't proved anything or anything like that. That's how good Canelo is, you know. So my number one guy is Saul Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, it pretty much goes without saying. I, I also had uh, Canelo at number one. Uh, I believe my scoring was very similar to, to yours, Will. Um, the total was 96, and yeah, at, at his level is like – if, you know, say for a quality of opposition, say 30 is perfect, is like, okay, well, what is, what is, what, what is it that we can realistically expect from these boxers, you know, that would take away points? And so he, he has basically a who's who of, of anybody from in, in four divisions. And so just about, and so I gave him a 29 there. 
Um, the only reason I kind of took off for that was um, some of the timing at which he fought some of those guys. Um, but I can't, I still can't take away from it because he still fought guys that nobody would fight. And so he gave him a 29 there, 29 in achievements. You guys pretty much covered that. 29 for the eye test. He just, he, he dedicated to, to getting better still, even at this point in his career. And he, he improves every fight. I can't be mad at that. And then I gave him a smoke category for a similar reason uh, why I gave him a 29 in quality of opposition. You know, he dares to be great. It's just, you know, sort of the timing with some of his fighters and um, the timing with some of the guys that he fights. But again, it's if you have an elite fighter that's fighting two times a year that everyone wants to see him fight it, you know, everyone wants to see him fight against somebody. It's, it's almost kind of like how realistic is it to expect from him to fight like everybody? And so, you know, with that in mind, I still gave him, you know, a nine and uh, I gave him 96 total. So that was my number one. Yeah, I was going to say with Canelo, it's, it's um, for me, you know, personally, you know, I just need to see Canelo. He's he's all that, you know what I mean? He, he's all that and some, you know. He's all that with cheese on top, you know. He's all that with a cherry on top. You know, Canelo is that dude. I love, you know, when he has fights coming up, you know what I mean? I look forward to it, glued to the screen. Um He's active. You know, some guys fight once every so often. You know, we just had the cash cow. You know, that's the reason why, like I say, as far as achievements, I have to give him a 30 because I got to put that piece in there. If you're the cash cow in boxing, you're already at like a 25. But then you add in like all of those um, weight classes. And he's done things that no other Mexican fighter has done before. Um, but one thing that I just need to see from him would be, Canelo defeating one of those African-American fighters, mainly like an Andre. And the reason why I say that is because even when we put this list together, I, I just made sure that I took a look at the highlights of all of the guys that we were going to discuss, you know, just to put that in my mind, but, you know, just to refresh my memory on it. And when I looked at the Billy Joe Saunders fight, remember Billy Joe up until like the eighth round, you know, Billy Joe started, having some success and i'm just imagining how somebody like andre or andre however you pronounce his last name how he would fare and would he be able to avoid some of the shots that billy joe wasn't able to avoid in the latter part of that fight and so and even a charlo who didn't look too impressive in his last fight i always think that canelo would beat those guys but i just have to see it you know and that would be I saw Canelo for me personally, you know, Canelo do whatever it is he want to do. You know what I mean? And if he's, see, the thing is, it's tricky because Canelo will, for whatever reason, he won't fight those guys, but he's still fighting guys that I don't think those guys could beat. So for instance, he's saying, okay, Plant doesn't want to fight, I'll fight Bibble. That's a tough fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, hats off to him. You know, Canelo, if you hear this, man, you know, just sign a fight one of those guys, man, to shut me up, you know, even though I'm not, you know, too, um, much on your tail about it because you're such a great awesome talented you know fighter in the sport of boxing now before we wrap up i think fellas we probably should just give like our list again so i'll start us off so for me you know if i go down my top 10 list i had canelo at number one i had the monster new at number two I had errol spence at number no i had errol spence at number two monster new at number three I had terrence bud crawford at four 
I got Josh Taylor at number five. I got Juan Francisco Estrada at number six. Also, what I didn't mention is that Estrada and Chocolatito, they're going to have that trilogy, trilogy match in October. Not Yeah, October. I want to say October 16th. So that's going to settle the score between those guys, hopefully, unless it's a draw. At number seven, I got the, the uh, Bumblebee, you know, Alexander Usyk. At number eight, I got Tiafimo Lopez. At number nine, I have Vasil Lomachenko. And then at number 10, I have Oscar Valdez. Yeah, for me, I had Canelo number one, Inoue number two, Spence number three, Fury number four, Bud Crawford number five, Teofimo Lopez Jr. number six, Vasily Lomachenko 7A, Juan Francisco Estrada 7B, Josh Taylor number nine, Alexander Usyk at number 10. My list, I have Canelo Alvarez number one, Monster Inoue number two, Tyson Fury number three, Josh Taylor, number four, Errol Spence, number five, Terrence Crawford, number six, Juan Francisco Estrada, number seven, Teofimo Lopez, number eight, Alexander Usyk, number nine, and Vasily Lomachenko, number 10. Very good, fellas, man. It's always good chopping up good game with you fellas when it comes to these pound for pound lists. That's our third installment. Um, we try to do these at least every six to eight months. It just depends on like fighters updating their resume, you know, getting a little bit better gauge on their abilities and, you know, things of that nature. But like I said, it's always good to touch base and see where we think these fighters are. Anything else you guys have before we wrap things up? Um, I'll just say shout out to the Olympians who represent our country. I don't have who's where in front of me, but from what I understand, um, all of them are still doing their thing. I believe we're in a round of 16 now for, for most weight classes. So shout out to those guys, especially Keyshawn Davis out of out of the hometown, Norfolk. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Uh, a lot of times uh, the Olympic boxers, they get overlooked a little bit, even amateur boxers. But uh, one thing I, I've learned over years is they are the future. And, and all most of the guys you see even on his list uh, had an amateur career, you know, and some of them were amateur standouts like, you know, Errol Spence um, and, um, Terrence Crawford, they were amateur stand, and even Jamel Charlo uh, and Vasily Lomachenko, who was a gold medalist. Uh, the amateurs are the future, and, and if you want to know what's going to happen in the next, what, 10 to 15 years in, in boxing, follow the amateurs, follow the Olympics. The Olympic, whoever wins the, the, the whoever medals in the Olympics, they're normally, I'll say 60 to 70% of the time, they're going to be a star as a pro. Or at least they're going to be hard to beat, you know. Like you say, Oscar Valdez had um, amateur experience. You got Josh Taylor, you know, Vasil Lomachenko, you know, Terrence Crawford, you know, some of those other guys. Now, then you always going to have guys like a Canelo who, like, in Mexico, they start so young, so they kind of learn it on the job. But, it's you know, it's, it's multiple ways to skin a cat. Also, you guys mentioned Olympians. I, you know what I, I don't too much care for or what I don't? care for when it comes to not only when it comes to boxing but just the olympics it's a lot of times when by the time you see the event that it's already over like you it's, it takes away the anticipation of what's going to happen you know and so that sort of thing i don't like and i don't even know why they don't they do that anymore you know what i mean it should be more live and you know you get caught up in the moment that's how you build those stars too you know what i mean but um like i say man i appreciate the conversation 
uh, we're going to have half of this list on YouTube. I want to say either Tuesday or Wednesday, and then the following day we should have the other list um, as well. On that note, you all have a great week. I know I'm about to enjoy, about to crack me a brew, you know, enjoy this Sunday. And uh, we'll catch you later. Peace. Peace.